Hey, what's up, guys? It's Pete Mundo. Thanks for checking out the radio show. We flip it into a podcast, and we will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie to keep that beer cold this football season. All you got to do is leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, however you get your podcast, and email me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get the koozie in the mail. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Pete Mundo rolling right along on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Let's talk to a guy who is as good as it gets in our business, and he is Phil Steele. Of course, the publication, you got to pick it up before the season begins. You can also get it digitally at philsteel.com. He's on Twitter at philsteel042. Phil, it's great to have you on. Let's talk some Big 12 here and get right to it. Give me a reason, give me a justification for why Oklahoma is not going to win the conference this year. Uh, I think it would be, uh, number one, when you look at Oklahoma, they do not have an elite defense. They'll have a better defense than last year. And there are question marks on the offensive line. Not that it's a weak offensive line, but they're not up to last year's standards, which was the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. Uh, Only one returning starter to that unit. And, of course, uh, the Big 12 is an upgraded conference. I love what Texas is doing, Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, uh, all teams that I – all, all those teams have proven in the past that they can play with the Sooners. So I'm pretty excited about the upcoming season for the Big 12. Well, uh, let's get to that next point then. I mean, are you buying the Texas's back hype, Phil, or is there somebody else you think that's going to kind of sneak in there and maybe challenge OU at the top? Well, I did put Texas in the Big 12 title game along with Oklahoma. What I like about Texas this year is Sam Ellinger at the quarterback spot, uh, Ingram and Whittington at running back. You look at the receiving core with Johnson and Duvernay. They had a pretty decent offensive line. They had Georgia Tech All-American Parker Brown to the offensive line, so that's going to be a good unit. Defensively, I like the overall talent Texas has. My biggest question mark with them is the inexperienced level on defense, only three returning starters uh, to that side of the ball, so I'm going to have to see that unit perform well before I officially anoint Texas as back, but I think there are some other teams that are clearly in the mix in the Big 12 that uh, could very well break into that title game. Phil Steele's joining us, of course, uh, the College Football Preview magazine. The publication is as good as it gets for college football fans. It's great to have him on the show. Uh, Phil, a team that, that you have as a a dark horse, not just in the Big 12, but a team that you have as a dark horse in the national conversation is TCU. Uh, why is that? Gary Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you, you take a look at uh, last year, for example. They went 7-6. and six. I'm amazed that Gary even got them to 7-6 with a plethora of injuries that they had. They were down to their fourth-string quarterback, had one healthy running back. The defensive line lost the, the team's best defensive player, Ross Blacklock, in the opening game of the season. He was out for the year. And defensively, they were hit hard by injuries all season long. Uh, a player like Garrett Wallow only had seven starts last year. And then uh, you take a look at his bounce-back factor. And not only will this team benefit from last year's injuries, because a lot of players 
uh, gained valuable experience. But you go back to 2013, they were coming off a 4-8 and eight season. I put them on not only my most improved list, which you would expect from TCUF, a 4-8 and eight season, but also on my surprise team list, which I felt they were would be a potential playoff caliber team. And in 2014, they bounced all the way back to 12-1. and one. In fact, uh, you could argue that they should have been in the playoff. They were number four in the playoff chase. Uh, they beat Iowa State in the final game of the season, 55-3, to and then they got passed by Ohio State. And then you go back to uh, 16. They went just 6-7 and seven that year, but bounced back in 17 with a big 11-3 and three season, getting as high as number four in the polls. So I think Gary Patterson always has an outstanding defense. He's got a lot of quarterback possibilities there. A lot of players that I'm confident with at the QB position just needs one to step up. Jalen Rager, a wide receiver. And uh, when you look at the schedule this year, uh, I only have a, a pure underdog in one game at Oklahoma. I think they're capable of winning on the road against teams like Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Iowa State. And so I think it's that time of year where uh, Gary Patterson bounces back off and off year with a team that uh, could very well uh, break into the playoff conversation. Phil Steele is joining us. So, Phil, you mentioned earlier that that you like where the Big 12 is right now. Is that because it doesn't feel as top-heavy, in your opinion? Or or why do you like where this conference is, uh, maybe when you compare it to some of the other Power Fives? Yeah, I would say it's not as top-heavy because you could – point out a couple of reasons why Oklahoma and Texas don't get there, why a TCU and Iowa State or a Baylor perhaps enters into the mix, but I also like the the new coaches that were brought in at the bottom of the conference. I mean, let's face it, Kansas has been a doormat for years, but now Les Miles steps in, and he gets back Puka Williams, which I think is a big plus. Got a, a, a team that I think will be better than what they've been. West Virginia, you know, Neil Brown has taken over a rebuilding team in West Virginia, but he's got a lot of enthusiasm working for him. And I think West Virginia probably disappointed fans a little bit last year. be interesting to see what Neil Brown gets out of the team. And with Kansas State, Chris Kleeman comes in, and while Bill Snyder is a legend in my mind, Chris Kleeman comes in with basically the same offense, same defense, uh, 14 returning starters, and players like Reggie Walker on the defensive side of the ball, Skylar Thompson, a QB, they could be a surprise. And Matt Wells takes over a very good Texas Tech team that last year finished 5-7, and seven, could easily have been in a bowl, but now they've got 13 returning starters, and I'm excited to watch Alan Bowman play this year. I think Alan Bowman can make quite an impact. So I think top to bottom, the Big 12 is going to be a highly competitive conference. What do you make, uh, Phil, you know, you, you mentioned right there the four new head coaches. I mean, you're turning over 40% of the conference at the uh, head coaching level. Which one of these four are you most intrigued by? Not who's going to have the most success, but who are you most intrigued by? Les Miles, yeah. <laughs> just because, you know, uh, Les Miles has won pretty much everywhere he's been, and he's taken over a, a Kansas squad that uh, has won a grand total of uh, six games the last four years, and most of those have been over weaker opponents, uh, Southeast Missouri State, Rhode Island, Southeast Missouri State again. So only three FBS wins over the last uh, four years. Uh, and so I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he can really do. He's got some talent on hand, but uh, you know, I'm intrigued to see how long it's going to take him to get Kansas back to being competitive again. Absolutely. Phil Steele is joining us here. Of course, uh, you all know and are familiar with the publication as good as it gets as you get ready for the college football season to get underway. Uh, that next tier, a team that you have mentioned here, is the Baylor Bears. Matt Rule going from one win two years ago to seven wins last season. Why do you think that this program can take that next step, Phil? 
Well, you know, first of all, I'll share with you the conversation I had with Coach Rule last year. Now, keep in mind, they're coming off a one-win season. You expect them to be improved. But to make my most improved list, you have to have a winning record the next year or at least get to a bowl game. And uh, when I hung up the, was hanging up the phone with Coach Rule last year, he said, Phil, we're going to make a bowl game this year. And I'm like, yeah, okay, Coach, yeah, I believe you. And then I hang up the phone and, and didn't think much of it after. And they were a much improved team last year, but they actually not only made a bowl game, they won the bowl game to finish 7-6. and six. So very impressed with what he did. And he's highly confident on this year's team. Remember his third team at Baylor got the 10 wins. They've got Charlie Brewer at quarterback, a guy who's very accurate, really came into his own last year. 19-9 to nine ratio, I expect that to be better. He's got a deep backfield, Ebner, Hastings, and Smith. You look at the receiving core, even losing a guy like Jalen Hurd. Uh, they've got uh, Denzel Mibbs, Chris Platt, Marcus Jones. A lot of speed at the receiver position. The offensive line's a veteran group led by Sam Tecklenburg. And defensively, you got like players like James Lynch up front, who's an NFL caliber guy. Clay Johnson at the linebacker, another NFL caliber guy, along with Blake Lynch. So there's good talent on the defense. It's a veteran squad, and this time I asked Coach Rule, getting off the phone, okay, Coach, now what do you think? Knowing that I'm going to listen a little bit closer, and he's <laughs> thinking the potential's there for double-digit wins this year and contending in the Big 12. So I'm not going to doubt him a second straight year. I'm going to believe in him, and he's a, a highly confident in this year's squad. There he is interesting well you know one thing I do want to touch on with you here Phil is as you look at the Big 12 as a whole you know you, you seem pretty upbeat and optimistic about the conference uh, top to bottom but is this the kind of year where the Big 12 may be very exciting in terms of you know seeing who wins this conference but because these teams may be uh, more equal than they've been in recent years there may not be a team that is uh, college football playoff worthy you know, that possibility exists. Uh, I, it's going through the last three weeks of the magazine with you, Pete. Uh, I, every year I have to choose the four teams on the cover, and they like to get that knocked out two to three weeks early. And generally, two weeks before the magazine goes to press, I know who my top four teams are. Well, this year I was torn between putting Georgia or Oklahoma in there into the playoff mix, and I went back and forth on it for the final two weeks. Finally, I said, Phil, you have to make a decision now. We have to print the covers. I'm like, all right, go with Georgia. But Oklahoma was that close to making the cover. So the potential is there, clearly, for the Big 12 to make the playoff. I think the best candidate is Oklahoma. Second best candidate, probably Texas this year. But uh, I, I didn't call for them to make the playoff just for what you said. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I think the Big 12 is going to be highly competitive this year, and we might see a loss or two by the top the team that actually ends up winning it. Phil, I'd love to get your insight into uh, Matt Campbell and what he's done with that program. A lot of us do think that Iowa State's going to be certainly in the top half of the conference, maybe you know top two, three teams in the Big 12 when all is said and done this fall. Uh, how surprised have you been by this rapid success Campbell has had? And I'd also be curious to know what you think his long-term prospects are in Ames. You know, I think Matt Campbell's probably the hottest coach out there as far as, uh, you know, getting done. I mean, let's face it, Iowa State, from 1979 to 2016, that's like 37 years, had a grand total of one year where they won eight or more games. Now, if you ask me, prior to last year and prior to the year before, do I expect Iowa State to win eight games? My answer would have been no. But what did he do? Back-to-back eight-win seasons. And last year, remember, when they played Texas, they had 
the possibility of getting to the Big 12 title game and uh, played a good tight game against Texas in that one. I remember uh, talking to Coach Campbell at Toledo. I thought he was an up-and-coming coach, but I didn't think he would have this level of success at Iowa State this soon. And going over his first team with him, their offensive line was a mismatch of inexperience and players from other positions and walk-ons. And, wow, you had zero returning experience on the offensive line, basically. Now this year it's going over the offensive line with them is by far the best unit he's put on the field. Julian Good-Jones at tackle, uh, Niffle and Newell in, on the interior, and they've got a pretty good quarterback, too, in Brock Purdy. A lot of people don't know who Brock Purdy is, but he impressed me last year, thrown for over 2,000 yards despite being inserted midseason and still at 308 yards rushing. He's a great leader. And how about the recruiting that he's bringing in? You know, Brees Hall and Jarrell Brock are two true freshman running backs, so I rated number 18 and number 31 running backs in the country. Those type of players never go to Iowa State. Those are two VHTs. Now he's got plugged in a running back, so I think that that could be a pretty dangerous thing. And then what they've been winning on the last two years has been defense. They had the Big 12's best defense last year. They've got eight starters back on the defense this year, loaded in all three units. Some very dangerous team, one with 21 seniors. And I'm thinking if you're in Ames, Iowa, and Matt Campbell gets his team to live up to its potential, he may be moving on. But when I did talk to him, he never once brought that up. He's firmly committed to being at Ames and loves this, loves being a Cyclone head coach. Phil Steele's our guest. Uh, Phil, you know, it's it's been an interesting couple of years for, for Mike Gundy. They had the great run with Mason Rudolph, three straight 10-win seasons, although they couldn't get over the OU hump. Uh, tough year last year. Gundy has not recruited overly well up to the expectations of some fans. I, what do you make of Mike Gundy with this Oklahoma State program? Has it gotten stale, or is this exactly where Gundy wants to be, which is kind of getting overlooked right now? Yeah, I think that's exactly what Coach Gundy wants every year is to be overlooked, and he's there. <laughs> yeah. Without Oklahoma State's being overlooked. And, yeah, here, they were, to me, uh, Pete, they were the most confusing team in college football last year because they proved they could beat anyone. They upset Boise. They upset Texas. They upset West Virginia. They upset Missouri. This team, in their last seven games against top 25 teams, is 6-1. and one. So that says they're a pretty doggone good team. But you know what else they proved last year? That they could lose to anyone. They lost as a favorite to Texas Tech, Iowa State, Kansas State, Baylor. In fact, here's a shocking stat to me. In Oklahoma State's last nine home games, they are four and five, despite wow. being favored in all nine games. That shows that they can beat anybody on any given day, but they can also lose to anybody on any given day. Now, I think a big part's going to come in who wins a quarterback job. I think it's going to be the redshirt frush, Spencer Sanders. And I think yeah. we see him for four years. We've got a pretty good running back in uh, Chuba Hubbard. I like the receivers. Tylen Wallace was a Blitnikoff finalist last year. The offensive line, they've got their fourth OL coach since 2013, but they do have three starters returning. Defense are going to have to uh, shore up a little bit here. They gave up 452 yards per game, 32.5 points per game, and only have five returning starters this year. On paper, when you look at Oklahoma State, you're thinking they might just barely make a bowl game, but based on the history of Mike Gundy, you'd have to think they'd probably get another another win or two out of that. Well, fascinating stuff. Phil Steele does fantastic work as well. you got to pick it up before the season starts. You can also get it digitally at philsteele.com. Phil, great to have you on. Really appreciate your insights and uh, would love to do it again down the road. Sounds great, Pete. Really enjoyed talking uh, Big 12 football with you today. It was a lot of fun. 
There you have it, Phil Steele, a great guest. Can't thank him enough for his time. And please, once again, if you want the free Heartland College Sports koozie, please leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox. Uh, We're on TuneIn, anywhere and everywhere you can find us. And if you leave us that rating and review, email me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get that koozie in the mail for you. All right, thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon.